What happens in Vegas? What happens in Vegas? First down, touchdown, Super Bowl. Vegas, he's sensing streets, red is too cold. Cardinal Waller, it can't be stopped. Jacobs with the rock, O line hit the blocks. Offense off the chain, defense is ready. Pay the nation one goal just when baby. Welcome to the show, Raider Nation. This is your host, Neil Maligno. You are obviously tuned in to What Happens in Vegas, where we cover the Raiders from front to back. That's all we do here. That's all we talk about, because that's all that matters. That's all that matters here. Raider Nation, what up? Hope you guys are doing good today. I know there's a lot of storms going on, and a lot of weather, and Mother Nature, and... Just a lot of just a lot of chaos right now. And I hope everyone who's listening is doing well. I hope your families are safe. I send positive vibes out to all of you. I hope everyone is, you know, doing as well as they could be doing. I know listeners are not only in Vegas, they're everywhere across the country. So um I hope everyone is doing well and your families are good. I have to start that way. It's the most important thing here. It's the most important thing. While I say it's all Raiders, you're the Raider Nation. And so we're family. We're family. So hopefully everyone's doing good. Everyone is you know, having having a great day today. Let's talk about the Raiders. A lot has happened since we last spoke. The Raiders made their cuts. The Raiders then made their practice squad sign-ins. There's been some there was some surprising cuts, many not so surprising. And we just have a lot to catch up on. So let's start with the cuts. Basically the practice squad at this point. Um there, there was well actually let's start with the cuts first because the cuts, a lot of them did make the practice squad. The ones that, you know, are um, halfway significant, I guess you could say. Uh, they, they, they did make the practice squad. We'll talk about those guys. But first, the one significant name who was cut from the team didn't make the practice squad because he asked to be released was John Brown. Uh, you know, wide receiver. Uh, when we lost, you know, when, when Aguilar left, John Brown was kind of signed. You felt like to replace him, you know, to, to be the guy who replaces uh, some of that production, that veteran presence, that spread the field kind of guy. So that that's what you thought John Brown was. I will be honest, going through training camp, mini camps, all that kind of stuff, you, I feel like we didn't hear a lot about John Brown. Like we didn't hear a whole ton that like, you know, he was doing anything amazing, that he was standing out, that he was making plays. Um, you did hear Derek Carr talk him up a little bit, but it all, I don't know. Now on hindsight, it kind of all feels a little forced, honestly. Um, because I never was, I was never hearing the stuff. I was a big fan of the signing because I did. I've always liked John Brown and believed that if he stayed healthy, you know, he's a good, he's a good wide receiver. Um, so I was excited about it and I was always kind of, maybe I was too excited and I was hoping for more headlines and more news and more of this kind of stuff. And so I feel like it was lackluster the whole time, but it really, you know, ends up making sense. And I, and I, and I put a tweet out, uh, if you follow at clock Dodgers, uh, that's where I tweet out. That's the account I tweet out. If you, and if you follow me on there, just shoot me a quick tweet or a DM and say, hey, I'm following. I listen to what happens in Vegas and I'll follow you back. Just so, you know, it helps me keep control of who I'm following there. But um, during the game against the 49ers, I had mentioned John Brown being out there all game doesn't bode well for him. Like it just it just didn't look good. Right. And after the game, when Gruden was asked, he's like, oh, somebody has to play. We got to put somebody out there. Like, come on. Like if you bought that line, I don't know what to tell you. 
I was like, did he ask to play? Like, was he asking for these reps? Like, what is happening? It's the only thing I could do to make sense of it when, you know, John is trying to say these things. But similar to John Brown, Carl Joseph was also playing late into that game, and he also was released. Um, it was sad to see him get released because I do like Carl Joseph overall, you know. Um, but I guess for, you know, whatever reason, whether they wanted to give him more of an opportunity, similar situation to John Brown, like maybe they feel like, you know, he wasn't going to get enough snaps, wasn't going to get enough use, so we're just moving on, or whether they felt like he was just you know, not good enough. I, I don't know which one the case was for Carl Joseph, but the John Brown thing was interesting. Uh, I, I, you know, we've talked about it in previous weeks saying that the wide receiver position was going to be one of the most interesting uh, positions as far as the cuts go, like whether, you know, who gets moved. Cause we had, you know, we were, we were fans. I was a fan of a lot of those guys. Um, so, you know, it was interesting, <laughs> more interesting than I even, you know, thought it would, you know, be. So I'm kind of surprised by that. And to be honest, also Keelan Doss was cut um, and he didn't sign back with the practice squad. So I'm curious to see, maybe he's hoping he gets an opportunity, you know, somewhere on someone else's team, maybe not even on the practice squad, but just on the roster. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. So um, I can't see why else they would have not have re-signed him to the practice squad. Honestly, I think they would have. So I think that's more of a Keelan Doss situation rather than, uh, the Raiders choice not to re-sign him again, maybe saying, Hey, let's let this guy have an opportunity to see if he can latch on somewhere else, you know, or even if he goes to somebody else's practice squad, like maybe a chance to get onto the active roster, uh, would be more obtainable on one of those other teams. So John Brown moves on. We'll see where he signs. I think he'll make an impact somewhere. I find it hard to believe that he has, you know, lost it all. <laughs> I don't, I don't believe that. Um, so, you know, I'm rooting for him wherever he goes, you know? Uh, So we'll see what happens there. But the Raiders move on. The Raiders move forward with the wide receivers that they have. You know, Ruggs, Edwards, Renfro, Zay Jones. Uh, They must have a lot of faith in those guys, right? I mean, they must have a lot of faith in whoever. They they must be feeling that somebody is going to step up in a big way, right? Because whether they feel like that development is coming from Ruggs and Edwards, that they're just, you know, light years better than they were last year, or if they feel like Zay Jones has really turned that corner, and we'll finally make that kind of impact. We'll we'll see. And it's gonna happen really fast, you know, to see who who fills that void. Why the you know the Raiders felt so confident in that decision. Uh, obviously, they have Waller, and Waller is is their actual true leading wide receiver in turn in, in reality, like the receiver. So, you know, you have him, he's your true number one, basically, uh, target at least for receiving. Then you throw in Ruggs and Edwards, who you hope improved. You got Zay Jones, who you hope turned a corner. Hunter Renfro, who you know you're, you know he he's always done consistently, you know, been decent, but he's never like tore it up, you know. So maybe they're thinking he's really, you know, dramatically improved, or they're going to give him more targets. Um, obviously, Kenyon Drake was signed. We expect him to be more involved in the passing game. So, you know, they're, they're, it it's fine. It's fine, right? As long as someone here steps up, it's fine. But this wide receiver group, uh, if it if no one has made a dramatic improvement or, or uh, the targets all start to go to one guy that shows that he's really turned a corner in some sense, it is a concerning wide receiver group. Like there's no, there's no big dog. There's no, uh, you know, highlight. It's all good that you have Waller, but you still want a true wide receiver threat. So I really hope Ruggs or Edwards or someone on this team is becoming that threat unless they're making another move for a wide receiver. Um, You know, it is. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little worried. 
I'm a little worried because I would like more of a sure thing. I wish if he would have saw more from some of the other guys, maybe I would feel less concerned. But I am I am concerned about it. Um, so okay, so John Brown's gone. He actually released. He moves on. Keelan Doss got released. He ain't coming back. He he didn't sign with the practice squad yet, at least. Uh, and it's filled up. So unless the, I mean, and that's the practice squad is easily to you know to move guys around. I believe so that if if he comes back, whatever. Um, Carl Joseph he moves on. The practice squad. Let's just run down the list really quick. We got uh, Jordan Brown, Matt Bushman. I'm happy he came back. Lester Cotton, B.J. Emmons. Yeah, yeah, good to see him there. I guess Jerry Green, Devery Hamilton, Robert Jackson. I don't know a lot about Robert Jackson. We signed him away, uh, after I believe it was the Browns recently released him. Can't trust the fans necessarily in the comments or sometimes the articles and blogs that are up. But it was not a wasn't. Um, you know, super great. They weren't super gracious and, and uh, kind to him. So I'm not expecting much there. Jimmy Morrissey, I'm glad he made the practice squad that he stayed around. Um, Jeremiah uh, Patasi, whatever. Uh, Max Richardson, Niall Scott, Kendall Vickers. The three that I'm most excited about uh, are Trey Regis, Dylan Stoner, DJ Turner, they all came back to the practice squad, especially my boy Trey Regis. I'm excited about him. Um, you know, hopefully he continues to develop there. And they've, you know, that that also brings up something for me. Jalen Richard, right? He's been hurt all, you know, for, for a while now. Didn't play any preseason action. Hasn't been practicing from what I can, understand, can, can remember. He's just been hurt and not playing. I, on a previous episode, even said I wouldn't be surprised with the way Trey Regis has been playing that Jalen Richard was expendable. Obviously, the team doesn't feel that way. I mean, they, they you know, are holding on to him, at least at the moment. Also, some players went on to, you know, are going to be injured, and so they're not going to count towards the uh, current roster, like uh, White, Morrow, those guys. Um, but, yeah, um, Jalen Richard, man, I don't, I don't really know what the hold on to that is. Like, what's the reason? Unless it's... Uh, Special teams, you know, return man, because no one has looked good at all for that. So maybe that's the idea. All right. So, I mean, th- this is some of the, you know, the major headlines that we come away from this with, right? John Brown moves on. Carl Joseph moves on. Keelan Doss moves on. They keep Trey Regis. They keep Dylan Stoner. Again, practice squad. Um, Jalen Richard is still here. So, you know, no, no, like major surprises besides John Brown was the biggest one for sure. And again, if you looked at the last preseason game, I felt it was a little odd. And I even tweeted out that it's a possibility that he's going to be looking for a new team. I didn't think that he was going to be asking for the release. I thought maybe it was a mutual thing. The Raiders, you know, felt the same way. So, uh, you know, it's not a shocker. Carl Joseph also not a shocker necessarily. He was playing at the end of the game too. So. Nothing crazy, nothing crazy and nothing that um, nothing that I was disappointed by cuts wise, except, you know, when Trey Regis and them, but they all re-signed in the practice squad. So I was happy, uh, but no, nobody else. Oh, Isaiah Johnson also left who, you know, he's had his ups and downs, but he's never been consistent. He's never done enough to, you know, just just lock in, man, and, and, and crush it out there. And then he signed with the Texans. Oddly enough, the Texans signed like all of the Raiders corners, they trade for them. They love Raiders secondary players. I don't know what the deal is with the Texans and, and X Raiders, but um, they get their hands on it when they can. So we'll see. I think the roster stuff was pretty 
pretty clear and cut and dry and you know obvious for the most part um nothing shocking except the john, john brown move so that's it for the rosters that's it for the roster moves um you know like i said nothing nothing crazy nothing crazy there are some names that have been out there that are interesting potentially for the raiders we'll talk about them if they you know if their names come up so we'll see uh but there's no reason to, I, don't, I don't really like getting to, to gossip too much or uh, not even gossip, but like um, just make believe land. I get annoyed sometimes when I see those articles and stuff like Raiders should trade for or um, what team should trade for Derek Carr and these kind of things. Like it's always like ridiculous. It's always some lopsided trade or lopsided. It makes no sense half the time. It's just literally somebody trying to fill a quota for an, for an article. So um, I don't get too crazy into those. I like to talk things when they happen. I will talk about rumors or gossip, but I'm not going to be like ridiculous. Like, I'm not going to do some lopsided trade where the Raiders win, everyone else loses, or uh, some guy that's not even available. Raiders should trade for it. No, I'm not, I'm not going to do that kind of stuff here. So we're not going to fill up the content with, uh, you know, ridiculous stuff like that. It's not going to be how we move here. It's not going to be how we move here. Um, something I do want to talk about, obviously, we'll prepare. We'll have an episode still before the season returns um, for the first game of the year. So we'll have a game for that for the uh, Ravens game on Monday Night Football. Definitely, that's not we're not gonna do it on this episode. Uh, we're, we're, there'll be another episode for that. You don't have to worry. Um, also, I was super happy to see Jerome McCoy make the team. Like, it made me really happy. Um, I was really pulling for him. I know a lot of fans were really pulling for him. It's a feel good story, and hopefully, you know, as he gets more and more, you know, getting this rust off, he becomes a major impact player for the team. Um, you know, this season. So we'll see. But that that was a, a feel good story for me. What I do want to close this episode on, though, um, before I let you guys go, is if you haven't already, go to Twitter or even if you probably just just Google search it or go to one of the Raider sites that you use and check out the house that Mark Davis planned um, to build. <laughs> it is uh, quite interesting, quite interesting. Um, if you look at, uh, let's just say ESPN here, Las Vegas Raiders owner Mark Davis plans for mountaintop mansion strongly resembles Allegiant Stadium. That is why it's fascinating. Um, if you find the mock-up of the uh, of the house that he's looking at, well, the mansion, I guess is a better word for it, um, it really is fascinating. <laughs> uh, the, the design. I've never seen a house like this, but you have seen a Raider Stadium like this. <laughs> um, yeah. It looks like the stadium. It looks like... Uh, everything Raiders that they've built in Las Vegas since they've gotten there, the, the, uh, the facilities, like the practice facilities and all that kind of stuff. It looks like they basically said, Hey, whoever designed those things, whoever designed the practice facility and the, and the headquarters and all that kind of stuff now come design Mark Davis's home. And it may actually be the same people. I mean, I'm not, I don't, I, I haven't even fact checked that. Um, it's very possible that this is who this person is, but yeah, there's this, basically this, this, uh, artwork that's going around, a drawn, if you will, um, of what, you know, Mark Davis's home that he's going to have built looks like. And it literally looks like a place that the Raiders would go to sign contracts and to get their jerseys. <laughs> so basically when he leaves work or his, you know, business or the stadium, he goes from one Raider thing to the next Raider t- thing. And it looks like he's still working at, the, at his house. <laughs> it's, it's fascinating. You have to see it. Um, just, uh, man, really interesting. I seen it come across the timeline. And I was like, are we for real? Is this serious right now? Um, 
Yeah, yeah. Look at this article here from ESPN. It says uh, they're a perfect trio. They all have the same character. Said longtime local architect Bob Fielden, founder of Henderson-based uh, RF RAFI Architecture and Design. His Davis's mountaintop mansion lists valuation at fourteen million. Um, and in an interview with Seagal Siegel, Davis said he has no idea when the house will be finished. So, um, just really interesting stuff. Like I said, if you just uh, Google it or go to one of the websites or on Twitter, you'll find it everywhere. Uh, or just at Clock Dodgers. <laughs> if you follow us at Clock Dodgers on Twitter, you will find the image. I reacted to it with a uh, with a with a GIF, a GIF, a GIF. I call them GIFs. If it's a GIF to you, man, I don't know what to tell you. I'm not saying it. So um, go check it out. Go check out the 15,000 square foot mansion <laughs> that is basically a um, extension of the Raiders or their facilities. Uh, well worth the look if you want some uh, some humor. Maybe you think it's fire. I bleed silver and black, but I wouldn't build my house to look like that, though. Um, anyway, listen, that's it for the roster. I like it. I like I like what they've done. I I am happy with the team in its current state. I would love for there to be like another true wide receiver threat, a proven one. Only because I'm concerned that the other guys that are currently there, um, you know, if they're not ready, if they're not at that mark that we're really hoping and expecting, might you know might be in some trouble. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I I, I have faith in Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards, so. Um, I do think, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that we'll be good at wide receiver, especially with obviously Darren Waller being the best tight end in football and the running backs stacked with Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake and a powerful O-line and a veteran quarterback who knows exactly what he needs to do out there. Um, I have faith and if that defense steps it up a notch, gets into that middle of the pack defense at the very least, we'll be good. The Raiders will be good. Um, the next episode we will cover unless something happens, like a trade or any major uh, roster moves or anything anything of that sort. The next episode we'll be covering uh, a preview of the Raiders and Ravens Monday Night Football game. So we'll be back with that one. Other than that, guys, that's all I got for today. I appreciate you guys for joining me. Don't forget to follow at Clock Dodgers. Go subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review. Um, those are super helpful. Um, you guys, you know, are, are crushing it and you're helping us greatly. We, we grow with you. You guys are the major factor on, on the show growing and spreading and hitting the next level and getting out to more of the Raider nation The more of us, the better. So I need you guys to go on there, please. If you're listening today and you haven't left a review, go leave a review. It means the world to us. And, uh, don't forget to subscribe and follow at clock Dodgers on Twitter, Instagram. That's it. What happens in Vegas? Clock Dodgers Podcast.